When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. Welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush podcast. I'm your host, John Chapman, and man... Uh, We've got a good one for you today. It's going to be more history as we continue through this dead time of the NFL offseason. But, man, I I love this stuff. You know, I I teach history as my other job and economics, so I love looking into the past. And so what I decided to do is go back over the last 20 years of draft picks for the 49ers. And, man, let's, let's just break it down and rank the best and the absolute worst picks that we've had in the past 20 years so that's what we're going to be doing today we're going to have some honorable mentions in both categories so it's going to be very awesome and memorable and happy times hopefully uh, pair those with some sad down times now just a couple things before we get started I am going to be out of town for about a week and a half. I'm heading down to Dallas, uh, where I was born and raised, to help host an event at SportsCon. So if anybody else is heading out, it's kind of the biggest fantasy football convention. And I work with Eat Sleep Fantasy and Dynasty League Football and put out articles for them. So I'm going to be down there hosting an event at SportsCon. If you are happening to go to that, make sure you check out DraftNightOut.com. I will be hosting an event at Top Golf on Saturday, July 13th with Sleeper Wire Fantasy, Eat Sleep Fantasy. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Giveaways, Top Golf, drafting, drinks. It's going to be a blast. So uh, for no other reason, it might be a little bit longer for me to put my next podcast out there. I've been doing it about once or twice a week. I'll be up to three times a week when the season starts. But man, we are so close. We're finally in July. Training camp will be happening this month. We're almost there, folks. (laughs) We are almost there. So let's step into my reasoning and how I came up with these rings. These are arbitrary. I understand you're going to disagree, and the fact that I don't mention somebody's going to piss somebody off, that's cool. That's okay. What I wanted to do is take into account all pro Pro Bowl seasons, consistency, how long they lasted, and then also look at, man, continuity and length that's huge for me where were they drafted at so if somebody had similar seasons and they were drafting the first and third round i'm going to give more weight to the third round pick because there's just more value there so a couple just brief summaries of what we've done over the past 20 years so from 1999 to the 2019 draft we have only had this is kind of sad seven players make the all pro team over that 20 year span just seven 
Um, yeah, real quick, just rundown of those seven. It, it, it's it's not a lot. Patrick Willis had five. Navarro Bowman had four All-Pro seasons. Andy Lee, our punter, three. Alden Smith won. Mike Uapati won. Deshaun Goldson won. And Julian Peterson won. So th- that that's it. For a 20-year period, those are all the All-Pro players we've had. That is a very, very low number. Now, as far as Pro Bowlers, we've had 19 different players represent the 49ers in the Pro Bowl, which it, the Pro Bowl is a good measure in if you've had a good season. However, it's done by popularity, which is absolutely awful. So, like for example, DeForest Buckner had, didn't make the Pro Bowl he didn't make the Pro Bowl originally, and he got in because other people were injured and all those things, but there's no doubt he is a borderline all-pro player twice already. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of how the Pro Bowl works. But it does help you see the popularity and where everybody sees them at. And then also another thing to take into account is how much of their career was with the 49ers. So, for example, Alex Smith had three Pro Bowl seasons However, none of those were with the San Francisco 49ers, so he wasn't able to reach his full potential here. Now, there are four top-tier players for best overall pick the last 20 years, and I was chicken. I'm going to be really, really honest with you. I struggled and moved them back around. I asked my boys. I'll tell you who they said. They're huge Frank Gore fans. They always will be. So they all said Frank Gore. But the top four players, and I don't think it's very, very close. There's a top tier. That is between, in no particular order here, Navarro Bowman, Joe Staley, Frank Gore, and Patrick Willis. Those four players have been absolutely incredible for a long time. So what I did is I turned it over to you guys. I put this poll up on Twitter, and, man, it was absolutely awesome, just the involvement and the comments and the arguing back and forth. Over 1,100 votes, so it turned out pretty quick. And here are the results. So I'm going to go with the results that you guys gave me, and I'll talk through this. Patrick Willis came out with the most votes and 40% of the overall vote. Right behind him, it was close. Frank Gore with 32%. Joe Staley, 23% of the vote, and Navarro Bowman, only 5%, which was very shocking to me. I get it, but yeah, I I think him and Willis are a little bit closer to that, and we're going to talk about that. So without further ado, let's go through and let's break down these guys' careers, where they were drafted, how they performed, and all those things. So again, Patrick Willis with 40% of the vote and the first place, number one draft pick over the last 20 years. He was incredible. Drafted in the 2007 NFL Draft, number 11 overall. So he wasn't—he wasn't a top 10 pick. He should have been. I—I I, I just remember watching all those highlights whenever he was coming out of Miss Old Miss, and he had that club on his hand. And I just remember thinking, what a total badass! Because he broke his hand in college, and it didn't matter. He still didn't miss tackles. He was just an absolute beast. As I said earlier, five All-Pro seasons, seven Pro Bowl years, and the fact that he made seven Pro Bowls and he only played for seven and a half years, um, that's it. And one of the things that separates him above all else is he ne- his, his play never diminished. And this was a big reason why he retired. Everybody was really upset and kind of shocked when he retired. And he said, my wheels don't work anymore. I've got foot problems and I can't run. I, I don't have the speed. And I don't want to go out there and put out an inferior product, I remember him saying. I want to go out playing my best football. So for seven years, he made seven Pro Bowls. That is unreal. 
and he was defensive rookie of the year. He led the NFL in tackles twice, and he just never had a bad season. And one of the things that makes Patrick Willis so special is for seven seasons, all seven, like I said, he never had a bad season. He was the best. He was the best. Five all pro years out of seven. He will be a Hall of Famer. The problem that, um, you know, what usually comes up in these Hall of Fame debates is postseason, Super Bowl victories, things like that. And then are they the best at their position? So he doesn't have the Super Bowl ring, he doesn't have the career longevity. However, he redefined that middle linebacker position and was the best. Uh, there's no debating that. So Patrick Willis, he will get into the Hall of Fame. I'm not sure if he will get in on first ballot just because of those concerns of longevity and postseason success, but you can't have a Hall of Fame career without Patrick Willis in it. An amazing human. Uh, His backstory just adds to it. I absolutely love this guy. I have his jersey hanging up in my closet. Uh, I I love Patrick Willis. That's all I can say about that. So he's number one. Number two? Frank Gore, you guys voted on 2005 NFL Draft. He came out in the third round, number 65 overall. And, man, this is the thing that's so funny. You know, I got my start writing and podcasting on the NFL Draft. I've broken it down for a very, very long time. And we do these draft reports on players and say, man, he's injury prone. He can't do this. He can't do that. If you wanted to know the most injury-prone running back in the history of college football, Frank Gore is going to be right up there. All the knee surgeries, can't stay healthy, any of those things, whatever. So he falls to the third round. And what's crazy is Miami, they had all those stud running backs. They had, man, I'm going to leave somebody out, and it's going to piss me off. But, um, you know, Clinton Portis, Willis McGahee, man, Frank Gore. I know I'm missing somebody else, but all of these guys were around Miami at the same time. And who would have guessed that Frank Gore would go out and have the best career ever? Now, the one issue with Frank Gore, and it's not an issue that's going to keep him out of the Hall of Fame. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer just because of his statistics. He's never once had an all-pro season. I think that's probably fairly accurate. I don't think there's been a lot of running backs that have just been insane elite for a very short amount of time. That's not who Frank Gore is. Frank Gore is a great running back nonstop. So zero all-pro seasons, five Pro Bowls, uh, 13 years as a starter. He's played in 210 games as a running back, which... It's one of the shortest careers in the NFL. You know, if you work with fantasy and things like that, the general rule is, man, as soon as that running back turns 29, it is time to sell. They're not going to be productive anymore. They're going to fall off a cliff. That's not the case with Frank Gore. Just last year, he put up amazing numbers. He averaged 4.7 yards per carry last year, which is unbelievable. Uh, 4.4 yards per carry over his career. That's great. He's played 10 seasons with the 49ers, and he is fourth best all time with 14,748 rushing yards, and he is not done. He is up in Buffalo. Now, the problem with Buffalo is this. They did spend a high draft pick on a rookie running back, Singletary, so we're going to have to see what happens with Sean McCoy, TJ Yeldon, Singletary, and Frank Gore. So there's going to be some major competition there. I don't think that he is a cut candidate. He is getting first-team reps still uh, during OTAs and minicamp, 
with the first team offense so i think he's going to be a factor there and another thing about him is whenever he does decide to hang up his cleats he's 36 years old he will be a coach i hope and pray he comes back to san francisco to coach he's just all about football he is absolutely incredible and one of the reasons why he's so special is he puts in one of the hardest off-season programs of the entire nfl that's still the case today he works out down in miami i forget the name of the fitness program that they have down there it's one of the most elite programs in the country and a lot of that has to do with frank gore so much so that running backs now go there in the offseason and say i want the frank gore workout plan and he one of the things that makes him so special is he will spend an hour on alignment he still does this every offseason before he works out before he conditions so he goes in and gets properly aligned all of his joints and everything and this is a way that he's been able to continue just staying healthy Uh, absolutely incredible love this guy again like i said lock for a first ballot hall of famer fifth best all-time yards from scrimmage for over eighteen thousand, and he's my oldest son's favorite player which is probably more important than all of those things um so frank gore number two absolutely incredible he's still ticking man that is unbelievable number three my favorite offensive lineman in the history of san francisco 49ers football joe staley drafted in 2007 number 28 overall and that's the thing 2007 was unbelievable we get patrick willis number 11 and then we in trade back up in the second or at the end of the first round and get joe staley number 28 overall good lord that's unbelievable that is an unbelievable draft now he has he's another guy very similar to frank gore their careers are very similar um zero all pro seasons but six Pro Bowls in 12 years as a starter and just completely consistent. He's played in 182 games, eight seasons. He has played 16 straight, uh, all 16 games. Very, very healthy, very, very durable. And probably the thing that sets Joe Staley above um, all other tackles is he is one of the greatest run blockers in the history of the National Football League. Yeah, he's good in pass pro. He's very, very athletic. Again, it's funny. He was... Um, He was a Chippewa, and in college, he was a tight end. A very athletic guy, and he's going to be one of those guys, once he's out of the NFL, that's just going to drop like 50 pounds in a month because he's he's not supposed to be as big as he is. He's pretty close to 300 pounds, but he probably is a much natural 240, 250 guy. Um, Just an absolute freak. And again, as I said, run blocking is what made him so special. And I love that there was a two-year extension that was just announced. Love Joe Staley. He is just incredible, and his play has not diminished. Again, I said, you know, how great he is as a run blocker. He was Pro Football Focus's highest-ranked run blocker out of the entire offensive line uh, in the NFL. So this guy continues to just put up elite performances. I wish he could get an all-pro season under there. Uh, This will be a guy that will get into the NFL, and I won't be surprised if Joe Staley is going to be, even after he retires, he'll be somewhere on TV. His personality is second to none. He is just an absolute jokester and just everybody likes him. I don't think anybody has any hard feelings or negatives to say about him. Joe Staley is awesome. He's number three. The last one, number four, and I hate to say last because I I personally would have ranked him higher than number four overall, but these four guys in this tier, Navarro Bowman, 
Drafted in the 2010 class, third round, number 91st over number 91st, number 91 overall. And this guy, here's the thing: anytime you talk about Navarro Bowman, you have to compare him to Patrick Willis. And there's a few differences between these two. And I'll say this: when Navarro Bowman was at his peak career, he was better. Than Patrick Willis. I, I truly do believe that. Four all pro seasons, three Pro Bowls. The difference between Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis, Patrick Willis was great start to finish. Navarro Bowman um, had a very brief elite period. Now, again, those two seasons where he was just unbelievable, 2013, 2015, you could possibly argue are the two greatest years a linebacker has ever played in the history of the NFL. That's how good he was. He was so dominant those years. But the problem was the damn Seattle Seahawks and the injury and all that stuff, just what it is. Now, he played eight years, seven and a half were with San Francisco. He left whenever we decided to go younger. Uh, I loved how the, he asked to be – we could have traded him. I loved it how the 49ers just released him and allowed him to stay in the Bay Area, go to Oakland. I was glad that he got to play. I didn't want him to stop playing, even if that meant for Oakland. I loved Navarro Bowman. Absolutely loved this guy. And what's crazy is – you know, we deem Patrick Willis because his career was so short. Patrick Willis actually played more games than Navarro Bowman. Um, you know, he missed all of 2014 with that horrible injury in the NFC Championship. It was just, that was a mess. In 2015, he led the entire NFL with tackles. And again, here's the thing. Those two years, 2013, 2015, if you ever want to see somebody play the linebacker position, that was the best. The best two years. I, I really, I'll stand by that. Just as dominant a performance as ever. And then, of course, he, of course, he closed out Candlestick correctly with the pick at the stick. That amazing pick six against the Falcons to ice the game. That was just awesome. I love Navarro Bowman. I, If you take that injury away, man, I, the sad thing is, I'm not sure he's going to get into the Hall of Fame. I I. I just don't see it. He didn't have the star power that Patrick Willis did being drafted in the third round. And I, I hope that he does get in, but I just I just don't see it, unfortunately. He just, four all-pro years, you should be in there at the middle linebacker position, especially whenever you see that he's only played seven and a half years. So uh, more often than not, he was an all-pro than uh, he wasn't. So that that's what I'll take there. All right, moving on out of the top tier, and really you could rearrange a lot of these guys um, from five down, but um, let, let's pick up the pace a little bit. Number five, I got Vernon Davis. He was drafted in the 2006 uh, draft class, number six overall, which is way too early uh, to be drafted. However, um, man, he was the most dominant tight end from a receiving standpoint for quite a long time, two Pro Bowl years. Uh, 10 years with San Francisco. He's still playing. He's uh, 14 total years, and he's still out there. 13 touchdowns twice. That's elite for a wide receiver, let alone a tight end. Um, he is probably one of the greatest receiving tight ends of all time. He's fourth all time with uh, touchdowns for tight ends with 62. Only three people better than him. Um, Gronk, Jimmy Graham, and Jason Witten. So he's in some definitely elite territory. Now you could argue, man, number six overall. But the thing is this, like he lived up to his draft status. Was it too early? That's fine. But if you're going to get 10 quality years 
from somebody at number six and two 13 touchdown seasons. If you would have replaced a tight end with a wide receiver that would have those same stats, we would all be happy about it. So that's number five. Number six, I got Colin Kaepernick there. Um, and, and I understand some people are screaming right now or unfollowing. That's okay. Uh, hear me out first. Here's the deal. If you are a quarterback and you take my team to the Super Bowl, that means a lot. <laughs> so uh, there's only three quarterbacks in the history of the 49ers franchise that have taken us to the Super Bowl. Now, he didn't get the win, but it still counts. So he was drafted in 2011 in the second round, number 36 overall. And again, only Joe Montana and Steve Young are the only ones to get us to a Super Bowl behind him. And his two years of 2012 to 2013 were bananas that was the height of the Jim Harbaugh era he was 17 and 6 as a starter over those two years he had five fourth quarter comebacks just in those two years he had two more in the postseason in those two years so you're talking about somebody that was playing at the height of his career as well as any quarterback in the NFL it was just for a very very short time his touchdown to interception ratio is one of the best uh, fourth best actually all time in the NFL 72 touchdown passes to 30 interceptions so the only three quarterbacks in the history of the NFL that have a better ratio than that Rodgers Russell Wilson Tom Brady that's it so it's funny because a lot of, you know, if we look back and just focus on the football, it's usually, man, Colin Kaepernick made terrible decisions. You couldn't really say that. The problem was is whenever he did throw an interception, it looked really, really bad. But he protected the ball very well. So he's got to get credit for that. And a 4-2 and two playoff career or record is, that is legit. Um, playoff rushing, he's had two games that just went nuts. He had that 181 yards rushing game against the Packers where he just destroyed Rodgers. And then he had 130 yards rushing versus Seattle in one of the NFC Championship games. So, you know, obviously the politics and all those things, he's back in the news again. I don't want to get too much into that. But the guy was unbelievable. Now, what happened was at the end of his career, you could say he was terrible. You could say the team was terrible. And you're right about both. Um, it just got awful for the 49ers. One of the worst franchise or one of the worst rosters in franchise history. When you look at 2015, 2016, he goes two and six as a starter in 2015, then one and 10 as a starter. But I don't think that you could put a lot of that on Colin Kaepernick. That was one. That was the worst roster in the NFL. It's not even close. He managed to have a 16 touchdowns and four interceptions whenever they went one and 10. Uh, terrible defense and a terrible offensive line. There wasn't much else he could do. But um, if you if you could promise somebody to throw 16 touchdowns and four interceptions over a course of a season, those are low touchdown numbers. I get it. But holy cow, uh, protecting the ball and all those things. Now, next up, I have Alex Smith, number seven overall for the best pick over the last 20 years. He was drafted in 2005, number one overall. He's always going to be linked with Aaron Rodgers, and rightfully so. The 49ers made a bad adjustment there. It's just what it is. Funny thing is, Mike McCarthy, who was our offensive coach, chose to go with Alex Smith over Rodgers, and then he leaves, becomes the head coach of Green Bay, gets to coach Rodgers to the Super Bowl win and all those things, which whatever, that's what it is. Now, he's not Aaron Rodgers, but he is a good quality quarterback. Again, three Pro Bowl seasons, none with the 49ers. 
but 13 years as a starting quarterback, seven of those were with the 49ers, and he's just a quality quarterback. I don't think anybody would put him in the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL any year um, that he played. He was, I think he was third in MVP voting uh, before Patrick Mahomes took over for the Chiefs. He, he had a really good year, but he's just a, he's a quality QB. That's just all he is. 193 touchdown passes to 101 interceptions. Last two seasons with the 49ers, he was 19-5-1. That's a great kind of testament to who this guy is. You put him on a good team, he's going to be good. You put him on a bad team, he's going to be bad. You know, more wins than losses as a quarterback. He won 94 games, lost 66, and one tie. But in the postseason, he just can't put it together. Only two playoff wins. Colin Kaepernick has four playoff wins. And Alex Smith is 2-5 and five career postseason. So he lost way more games than the other one. He does have the 27th best passer rating in the history of the NFL with 87.3. So I, I hope that he gets to play again. That injury that happened in Washington was just awful. Um, I don't think there's any way he can play this season. And, I mean, maybe a career two, three years as a backup behind Dwayne Haskins unless they trade him to another team. But um, it's probably done with Alex Smith, which I hate to see him go out that way. Such a cool, uh, nice dude. Uh, just nice, classy guy. That's all he is. All right, number eight, Julian Peterson. The 2010 NFL Draft class, number 16 overall. He did have one of the All-Pro seasons, as mentioned earlier, and five Pro Bowls. He had an 11, 11-year career. Six of those were with the 49ers. Um, but here's the deal. All of his top-tier years were with San Francisco, and he was one of the very first do-it-all outside linebackers. And in that 3-4 system, he became the prototype that everybody was looking for. You know, uh, pass coverage, they want to be able to drop them into space and not be a hindrance to pass coverage. He had eight career interceptions from an outside linebacker position. That's unbelievable. Run defense was unreal. He averaged over 70 tackles a year. And then pass rush as well. Um, 51 and a half career sacks. And he was at his best in big moments. In his three career playoff games with the 49ers, he had three sacks. So he showed up whenever it mattered, and he could do it all. One of the very first kind of, uh, you just left him out there. It didn't matter if you were a nickel, dime, base, goal line. The guy didn't come off the field. Just a solid career player and kind of changed the way that position was evaluated for a while. Now, it seems like the 3-4 is almost obsolete. Everybody's transitioning now to a 4-3, and it's just kind of what it is. But Julian Peterson was great and definitely changed the position. Ninth best player to Sean Golston. Gosh, I love this kid. And we're going to be talking about him a little bit later as well. But... Um, Here's the thing, 2007 draft class, drafted in the fourth round, number 126 overall, he was just a stud over the middle. He, he, he controlled the secondary, one all-pro year, two Pro Bowls, all with the 49ers. He played nine years, six of those were with San Francisco, um, and had 14 interceptions over a four-year span, and just was a punisher. He would just come up and light people up. The NFL has changed. Uh, dramatically, and I think he's one of the reasons why. Um, you go back and watch his highlights, man, helmet to helmet, nonstop over the middle. He led with that sucker. And so I think players like him change the way the game is played. I don't know what he could do in today's NFL, but he just had 
four solid years with the 49ers. He was there for six, but for four of those years, you could argue he, he was a top five safety. He was legit. And number 10, the last one that I'm going to talk about here, I got some honorable mentions I'll go through. But as far as like the top 10 picks over the last 20 years, George Kittle. Um, I know it's recent. 2007 draft class, only two years in the NFL. We drafted him in the fifth round, number 146 overall. And I get it. Again, only two years. But here's the thing. You get the best player at his position in the fifth round? That's bananas. Just absolutely incredible. He's already in the NFL record books. 1,377 yards receiving all-time best and zero deficiencies in his game. Um, he can block as well as almost all the tight ends in the NFL. Uh, he's definitely in the top tier of that, and he's improved two years in a, or from his rookie year to his sophomore campaign. And receiving back, holy cow, just absolutely unbelievable. It, it's funny. Somebody put out the stat just yards after the catch. Just yards after the catch. He has almost as many yards after the catch in two seasons as all the other tight ends that were drafted in that class because again if you go back to the 2017 draft class there were three tight ends taken in the first round evan ingram oj howard david and joku he has more yards than all of them just in yards after the catch i think evan ingram has a couple more yards than his yak yards but if you just compare yards to yards not even close uh, George Kittle is elite. If we redrafted the 2017 um, draft class, he'd be a top five pick. That's how great he has been. So, and he still could improve. It's possible this guy could be one of the greatest tight ends in the history of the game if he continues doing what he's doing. So, love George Kittle. He's awesome. Now, these next guys, I got four more guys I want to talk about. Um, and I didn't rank them. I put them in the honorable mention category. So these aren't in any particular order. I'll fly through them pretty quick. Delaney Walker, he was an absolute stud. I wish we could have kept him. But he was never a full-time starter behind Vernon um, Davis. He was uh, situational, kind of used as an all-purpose back, fullback, tight end, wide receiver, everything. But uh, he's played more football outside of San Francisco than he has in San Francisco. He's with us for seven years, and all of his best years were in Tennessee. But absolutely love that guy. Wish we would have resigned him. That was a very poor decision. Uh, Eric Heitman, 2002 draft class, seventh round, number 239 overall. Eight years with the 49ers and started 114 games at guard and center as a seventh round pick absolutely incredible again not really an elite nfl player but if you can get somebody at pick 239 that could start for eight years that is unbelievable and his versatility was uh helped out a lot as well deforest buckner i think that he is going to be one of those guys that will be on this list we drafted him in 2016 number seven overall he will be in this top 10 pick soon Double-digit sacks from interior position is unbelievable. The best player on the field, uh, best player on our defense, hands down, the last few years. He could be one of the best 49ers ever. He's just got to do it a little bit longer. The reason why I put Kittle in there and not Buckner is because Kittle is already the best player at his position. I don't think we could say that about DeForest Buckner yet. I think he's top four, possibly top three, but he, he's still got some. He's still got to go. He's still got a ways to go. 
Uh, Andy Lee, the last one in the honorable mention. Yes, a punter. We drafted in the sixth round, number 188 overall, three All-Pros, three Pro Bowls, 15 years in the NFL, 11 with San Francisco. He was just incredible for a long time. One of the most fascinating stats I found, yes, I dug into punter stats to do this. <laughs> I have over seven pages of notes, which is, is sad for this uh, podcast, but I love it. Um, he only had four block punts in his entire career. Out of 1,229 punts, only four were blocked. That's unbelievable. He never finished outside of the top seven in yards per punt. He was elite every year. And his longest punts, he had an 82-yard punt, 81-yard punt, and a 76-yard punt, which is just bananas. And if you look forward to, you know, drafting Mike, um, you know, Wish, our punter in the fourth round this year, if he had these stats, then it would be worth the pick. The problem with taking a punter in the fourth round is, they have to be this good. So if he comes out with some all-pro years and Pro Bowl years, then that could be a good pick. However, if he doesn't have an all-pro year as a punter, that's a bad pick in my opinion. But I am excited to see what Wish can do. Hopefully, he can do something along these lines. Now, before we get into the nightmare situation, man, all right, 49ers fans, I know that I said I was going to do the best picks and the worst picks. But we are running long, and I have to go pick up my kids. I didn't think that I would be going for 35 minutes just over these, just over the good picks. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop this episode a little bit short, and I'm going to have to record and release the other episode um, later. So uh, I'm going to leave you with your happy feelings and the best picks over the last 20 years. And what I'll be doing is just creating a separate episode where we break down the worst picks and over the last 20 years for the 49ers. And I just want to say thanks again to our sponsor, Game Day Sports and Memorabilia. They are the best. Any needs that you have for memorabilia, head over there, gamedaysportsmemorabilia.com. Just type in Game Day Sports and Memorabilia to pull up. They got it all. They are absolutely incredible and just want to say thank you to them for all of the support. Um, they're the best. So stay, stay strong, faithful, and if you haven't already, please rate and review the show wherever you listen to it. It helps us out the most. Really do appreciate it. Stay strong. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.